I walked back slowly towards Glasgow Green, with a pigeon nestled in the Ikea bag. It felt like it weighed nothing, but I could hear the soft sounds of it moving about inside. I chatted with it as I walked along, feeling almost giddy with the idea that I had actually managed to catch one of the lost spirits. I kept glancing up at the tops of near my buildings, at the sky above and behind me, aware that this could all still be an elaborate trap. But as we reached the gates to the park and passed over a memorial to those lost during a protest, it looked like the pigeon and I were still alone. I walked left this time and reached a group of trees, sitting down in a damp patch of grass. I opened the bag and looked at the pigeon. It looked back. I cleared my throat. <clears throat> so, for some reason, you guys think I'm a threat or that I've something you want? I don't know what that is, but I can make some guesses. If I've done something that hurt you or offended you, then I want to apologize. I really don't want to be attacked again, and I don't think that kidnapping me will actually help you. And if something has been telling you otherwise, well, then maybe that person has other plans you don't know about. The pigeon listened impassively. I continued. The fact that I just kidnapped you might make this all seem kind of hypocritical, but well, I'm pretty new to all of this, so forgive me and let's call this even. Right now, I'm on your side, and I want to help you, because helping you helps me. It continued to stare up at me out of the bag. I sighed and leaned back against the tree, trying to find a dry spot. It moved about, tapping its little feet against the blue material, apparently happy to wait for me to start talking again. I looked at it closely. Before, I had talked about how a group of pigeons is creepy, all those blank eyes staring at you. But one alone isn't scary at all. That seemed to remain true for fake ghost pigeons as well. It was hard to remember how terrified I had been that day in Garnet Hill Park and in the canal when I watched the tiny spirit poke about in the bag. Honestly, this is not what I expected a malevolent or vengeful spirit to be like, I said to no one in particular. Behind me, someone giggled. I spun around to see four women, all ghosts, all dressed in old-fashioned dresses, watching me with amusement. They were all smiling, so I relaxed and smiled back. The pigeon poked its head out of the bag, seemingly fascinated with the new ghosts and I lifted the bag towards me, unsure of whether to let it get closer or not. The woman seemed unconcerned with the pigeon, looking at it with pity in their eyes rather than fear. Oh dear, the closest one said. That little thing is all kinds of broken. I nodded sadly and opened my mouth to explain. But, continued the woman, before I could start, it's certainly not vengeful. How could it be? The women all giggled again, and I looked at them confused. Not vengeful? But they had attacked me, and that old man, and I had been warned over and over that they were dangerous. I frowned. The woman sighed and sat down next to me. The other women all sat around us too, circling me as if we were about to hear a story. The pigeon kept its head out of the bag, its beady eyes fixing in turn on each of the other ghosts. 
For a ghost to be vengeful, it has to remember what it needs to take revenge on, explained the first woman. This little thing is a blank slate. It can't remember anything about its life, or probably most of its death. So how could it want revenge on anything? It's moved beyond anger to something more like desperation. Nothing it does now is personal. It has no personality, no identity. Its only motivation is to stop feeling hollow. It's just clingy, a hungry sort of ghost. The other woman nodded in murmured agreement. I stared down at the pigeon. For the first time, I felt the pity that the other ghosts showed it. So, would being a vengeful ghost be better? I don't know if I really understand how serious these things are, I asked. The women all exchanged looks, and the first woman frowned and responded. I wouldn't say better. From my experience, taking anger into death is a heavy burden. There were times when I thought that forgetting would be easier, but the living never seem to do what you want. We were memorialised for the living. It's important for them, I suppose, to never forget what happened, but the constant reminder doesn't always help the way they think it might. They might see it as an apology, but for us it means our home is one big reminder of what happened to us and who's to blame. Moving on from pain in life is one thing, with all the distractions and the body healing and the passing of time. But in death, everything is more static, and all you really have is your last moments. Not that it's impossible. You learn to live in the balance, not allowing your anger to consume you and make you into a monster. But still, always remembering. One of the other women piped up. Some of us manage to let go, and I suppose as we go on, we'll learn to move on one way or another. It's a different sort of suffering to what the little bird is going through. We let a few moments pass in silence, and then I said, So, what can I do? Give it a new identity. That's what the living do. They change things. The land, history, fairy tales, themselves. They can make things different and make new things. I thought about this. Where could I find a new identity for the pigeon? Somewhere with a lot of stories. I looked down at the bird again. Want to go on a little trip? I asked. It looked up at me with its blank little eyes and tilted its head. I took that as a yes. We left the woman and headed back out the park to hunt down the car. I took the time to find the memorial to them, the 29 women killed in 1889 when part of the Templeton carpet factory fell in the weaving sheds they were working in. The names of all the women are now on paving stones. They were so young, mostly teenagers when they died. I could understand how much anger they must have carried with them. But still, they were strong, and still, they managed to let go. Glasgow Ghost Stories is written and produced by Libby Thomas. Narration is by Libby Thomas. Credits are read by Harris Jones. The theme music is by Kevin MacLeod and can be found at incompetech.org. Sound effects are from freesound.org. 
Follow us at Glasgow Ghost Stories on Twitter and Tumblr, and visit us at glasgowghoststories.wordpress.com for transcripts of every episode. Next time you see a bird with an eerie blank look in its eye, remember, it might just be trying to remember where it came from. Even pigeons can be friends sometimes. And as always, thanks for listening.